Hold on. Technology is catching up to me. Okay. I think my technology is functioning now. Cool. I... Oh, and hold on. We need snacks first. Snacks are very important. Okay, I think we're ready to go now. Are we, are we ready to go now? Or do you want to have your snack first? Oh, I'm, no. I'm ready. Okay, fine. Hi, everyone. I'm Daniel. I'm Carrie. I'm Patrick. <laughs> I'm Grandpa. And welcome to the 1968 Academy Awards. This is If I Ran the Oscars, our podcast where we take a look at one film from each year the awards were on TV. We take a look at what it won for, and then a couple of extra categories chosen completely at random. We love random. Just so we take a look at all of the filmmaking experience. And recently we've been having some ups and some downs over the past couple of years. You know, maybe we'll dodge some In good movies. In the last movies, couple of weeks? But, well, last couple of years of movies we've oh, looked two. at. Oh, two. Okay. And either the stories weren't great or the movies weren't great. I think we finally got one that's wall-to-wall good. This is good. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not. I still don't think this is the best movie we've watched because we've watched On the Waterfront. Did you tell the people what we watched? No, I haven't yet. Uh, we watched In the Heat of the Night, uh, starring uh, Sidney Poitier. And um, Rod Steiger. Sidney Steiger. Not to be confused with uh, the other two films Sidney Poitier was in this year. And not to be confused <laughs> with the television show that was from the 80s. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film was based off of a novel that came out in 65 by the same name. Uh, that novel had about six sequels. Wow. There were two film sequels, neither of which were anywhere close to as good as this one. This is a good one. People, this, you're going to want to find this at your library and watch you're it. You're going to want to find this one. So, uh, let's go over some people what were in this film. For instance, Sidney Poitier. He is an outstanding He's, he's a bit of a big deal. Uh, he is from the Bahamas. Right. Though born uns- unexpectedly in America, mm-hmm. thus making him a citizen, he is the oldest living and earliest surviving Best Actor Academy Award winner. He is not dead. Oh. He's 93 this year. He wow. was the Bahamian bah- Bahamian ambassador to Japan for 10 years, 97 to 2007. That we didn't know. Uh, he was the first... Uh, black man to win an Academy Award for Best Actor and the first to be nominated, though not for the same movie. Right. Uh, he has been nominated six times for the Golden Globes and the BAFTA. Uh, he's gotten one Golden Globe and one BAFTA. Uh, his first uh, major film was in 58, The Defiant Ones. Mm-hmm. Whereas him and Tony Curtis chained together. They were both nominated for Best Actor. Which is kind of surprising to have two people get Best Actor uh, for that. The same film. Yeah. Uh, This year was To Sir With Love, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and In the Heat of the Night. Wow. He was the top earner for the year, obviously. Right. Did not receive any Oscar nominations. For these films? For these films. People believe... Is it just too political? Likely due to vote splitting between his roles. Hmm. Because oh. back in the early days of the Oscars, people were nominated based on their entire year of work. Nowadays, it's mm. single roles. And since he had too many good roles, he probably got more votes than other people, but they were split across his roles. Hmm. Oh. So I, I didn't know that. Huh. I, I didn't realize that. 
Could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't happen so much anymore because film productions take so yeah. long. Yeah. It's rare now that someone will be in two very good movies in right. the or same three. year. Well, he yeah. certainly had a spate of high popularity. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm reminded of uh, famous thespian uh, James Carey. Because uh, he had a breakout year of three films as well, mm-hmm. though I don't think any of his were Best Picture nominations. I, I, I agree. Uh, he is a Knight Commander of the British Empire. Hmm. Honorary. Oh, I'm not kidding. Uh, he got the Presidential Medal oh, of Freeman, Freedom in 2009. That's what happens when you have dual citizenship. Uh, BAFTA Fellowship for Outstanding Lifetime Achievement in 2016. Hmm. Uh, American Film Institute called him number 22 on their all-time best list. Hmm. He's one of only two living actors off of that list, off of American Film Institute's like greatest actors ever and list. Who may be the other one? Sophia Loren. Ah. Hmm. Uh, and in 2002, he has an Academy Honorary Award for remarkable accomplishment as an artist and as a human being, which I would not argue with. Well, and he hit this his career at the right time. Yeah. In America. Uh, also in this film, someone we have talked about, Rod Steiger. I think it's Steiger. Steiger. It doesn't have a pronunciation thing on here. If it's German, it's Steiger. Um, I think it's Steiger. He's, from, he's from America. It doesn't say where he's from. It looks like a Germanic name, which would be yeah. Steiger. Uh, we have spoken about him, for he was in On the Waterfront, mm-hmm. another very good movie. Uh, he did a fabulous job in this film. Oh, it was almost like he won the Academy Award for Best Actor. He did? He did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like he did. Uh, he's been in a lot of things. We've talked about some of the things he's been in. He was Al Capone. He, well, he was in Al Capone. I don't think he was Al Capone in that movie. Uh, he just th- His character was so believable. Oh, yeah. No, he did an extremely good job. Excellent actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, his, one of his oh, final God. roles was in 1999 as Judge H. Lee Sorokin. In the movie *The Hurricane*, which reunited him with director Norman Jewison, who directed oh, this movie. Sure. So that was that's interesting. There's not a lot of other people that we I rec- necessarily recognize, mm-hmm. though I did did look up a couple of them. Uh, one is B. Richards, uh, who is the mama lady at the okay. end, mm-hmm. and I she's not necessarily like hugely popular, but she was also in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh. And was nominated for an Oscar for that film. Really? Okay. Hmm. So, interesting there. And Dad said, uh, you were thinking it was the doctor at the beginning was Alan, Oppen- yeah. Alan Oppenheimer? I was, he's one of three people that's listed at the end as uncredited, which always means that these people are mildly important. Oh boy, this guy's done the stuff. He was a working character actor during the 60s and 70s for TV. I, Hogan's Heroes, Get Smart, Six Million Dollar Man, Happy Days, St. Elsewhere, Mama's Family, Westworld. Three different Star Trek TV shows. Not episodes, TV shows. Huh. All playing different characters. He did voices on The New Adventures of Mighty Mouse and Heckle and Jekyll, Ming the Merciless and Flash Gordon, Skeletor from He-Man... He was on The Smurfs, The Wuzzles, The Narrator of the Neverending Story, Merlin in The Legend of Prince Valiant. The guy was busy. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> he was two different people in The Transformers. <laughs> He's wow. been in video games. Most recently, he guest starred on Toy Story 4. 
Hmm. What? Yeah. It's not like the movie where we had Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, but, you know. Yeah, that was kind of funny when it was Fred Flintstone. Yeah. He's done stuff. Was Papa here when we listened to Fred Flintstone? That no. was, I uh, no, that was uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh-huh. Uh, and I did have to look up uh, Norman Jewison and the guy who did the music, which is Quincy, Quincy Jones. Jones. Quincy Jones is, is a name. Yeah. So Big name. Norman Jewison uh, has been nominated for three Academy Awards for Best Director. In the Heat of the Night... Fiddler on the Roof and Moonstruck. Ah. Also, the he's also directed the Thomas Crown Affair, Jesus Christ Superstar, Rollerball, the Hurricane, the Statement, the Russians are coming. He's done some stuff. Well, this is good. And Quincy Jones. I had no idea how much work Quincy Jones did on things like television. Oh, geez, this uh, first uh, African American to be nominated. Mm-hmm. Twice in one year for an Academy Award. Okay. Uh, in in fact, in 1967, for different, I uh, two different films. I uh, yeah, uh, first African American to be the musical director of the Academy Awards in 1971. I uh, he produced Michael Jackson's Off the Wall Thriller and Bad, mm-hmm. as well as this uh, song We Are the World. Yeah. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, because he is. His list of associated acts is a who's who of people who do music. Pop music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the start of the list is Michael Jackson, Lionel Hampton, Ray Charles, Count Basie, Dizzy Gillespie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Upper crust. Yeah. Right, right. And he, he did the music for this movie. Uh, it was not... Which, some of it sounded like... Go-go music from the yeah. late 60s. Like, it it all felt correct. None of it was overwhelmingly amazing. It was good quality music. It fit with the film. It fit with the time. Mm-hmm. I, the I, topic of this film is definitely I, uh, social uh, injustice going on at the time and race relations in the South. Well, this is the end of Jim Crow. This is the, the uh, upward climbing of the Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement, mm-hmm. and this was really, really important This think, was socially. Yeah. The Academy Awards this year were scheduled for April 8th. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated on April 4th. The awards were postponed two days. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the first year of the awards that three films were nomi- nominated for the top five awards. Best Picture, Director, Actor, Actress, and Screenplay. Three different films got nominated in all five categories. Wow. Bonnie and Clyde, The Graduate, and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. None of them got Best Picture. Wow. What was Best Picture this year? This one. Yeah? In the Heat of the Night. Got Mm -hmm. Best Picture. Uh, The Graduate is the last film to win Best Director and nothing else. Mom. Best Costume Design. The first time Edith Head did not receive a nomination. This year? Yes. Wow. 30 nominations and 7 wins over the previous 18 years. This is the first time since the award was created in 1948 that she was not nominated. She Because she was... She was it. Yep. This is why they parodied her in The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. That's why. Because she was the woman. She was... 
it was Edith Head or not. Yep. And that'll do it for Academy Awards stats. I still have a stat or two about the movie, but if you, you we'd like to take a break to talk about what this movie made you think about. I don't really want to tell people about it. Well, we can't talk about it too much. Because it'll wreck it, because it is a mystery. However, I think we can draw... I drew a parallel to... Boy, what was the name of it? The one where Paul Newman was an asshole. HUD. Thank you. Where he was an asshole main character, and we were struggling to like him as a character and care about his goals. We just wanted to leave that film. Yeah. This film had a main character who was an asshole... But we cared about him. But the, he also changed through the film. He did. Spoiler. Yes. Maybe we shouldn't say Which that. Which is yeah, something that but is... He was, but, it, but it was a... Uh, it seemed a very stubborn change. Many times. Definitely. But that, that just gave us tension. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Character yeah. tension all the way to the end. It's definitely... We've definitely seen a lot of movies where characters do not change much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Where this one, I think this was really appropriate in that regard. In that... This this guy was, you know, had his patterns of life and belief systems, and and you could see that was deep down, and and it was it was a lot of a lot of activity. The whole film it took him the whole film and the activity through the whole film to start to have that change. Happen. Yeah, and I, I think that was really good acting on his part. Yeah. And, you I mean, he got the Academy Award for doing yeah. the acting. Yeah. And we believe it. But I think it's also, even for 2020, this is still an important film to watch it and to look at our own behaviors and patterns. And, and sometimes we don't change our opinions unless we are forced into a situation where we have to, we have to get to know someone who has a different viewpoint. Yeah. And I think that's... That's especially, it's still important. Here it is all these years later, and it's still important for us to to realize that we have to be vulnerable and open ourselves up to op- opposing viewpoints and listen and, and maybe find in ourselves where we've got, we have room to grow. Yeah. Uh, to note, children, this film contains bad words that <laughs> uh, are still bad words, and so, you know, be ready. <laughs> Ask your mom for watching it. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, facts about filming. The film is set in Sparta, Mississippi. And in fact was filmed predominantly in Sparta, Illinois. I was going to say Wisconsin. No, Illinois. But uh, there was some filming done in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Which Potier was nervous about for reasons. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, the scene where... I the slapping occurs yeah is not in the book oh okay I Poitier says was is quoted as saying I'll make the movie for you if you give me your absolute guarantee that when he slaps me I slap him right back and you guarantee that it will play in every version of this movie I try not to do things that are against nature Hmm. I which is not ad-libbed it was However, it was not in the original script, and it was added in a revision. Mm. I, this is also the first major Hollywood film in color that was lit with proper consideration for darker skin. And thinking back to it, mm-hmm. it was. And it's not something that we necessarily noticed because there just haven't been a lot of examples. We don't have a, a whole backlog of things where we can refer 
yeah. and think about the lighting. But I did notice it, especially when they, it was that the evening when the two officers were together in the evening. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so then it's, you know, is, I did wonder, is this too much lighting for it to be at night in in the house, yeah. with, you know, with a lamp? Yeah. Normal but, strong lighting tends to cause too much glare and to blow out features. Mm-hmm. Right. So they but turned it, it down. But it looked good. Yeah. And because there is a line in this film, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Mm-hmm. There is a list. The American Film Institute's top 100 quotes from movies. <laughs> Papa was quoting this right when <laughs> during the film. Mm-hmm. It is number 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. And along with number 10 means I get to talk about The Lion King. Okay. Are we, are we going to talk about The Lion King some other day? I don't know. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> but Pumbaa in that movie says, you talking to me? And then they call me Mr. Pig. <laughs> and I, no, did, number, I didn't remember number that. A couple, couple of quotes of sorts <laughs> number, from two other ones. Number 10 movies. on this list is you talking to me from Taxi Driver. <laughs> Who wants to give me a guess at number one? <clears throat> oh, It's wow. Gone with the Wind. It's Gone with the Wind. Yes. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Because uh, that was shocking. Number yes. two is, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse from The Godfather. Right. Okay. In fact, number two and number three are both Marlon Brando, because it's I Could Have Been a Contender, is number three. <gasps> I Could Have Been a Contender. We've already seen that film. Mm. Uh, we're not in Kansas anymore. Here's looking at you, kid. Go ahead, make my day from Dirty from Sudden Impact, Dirty Harry. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up from Sunset Boulevard. I don't know that one. May the force be with you, Han Solo. All right. <laughs> Mom's favorite Mom's script. Fa- yeah, no, that she one is from the original one. Uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Uh, E.T. From... phone home. I mean, there's a... I don't know all of these. Oh, Bond, James Bond. Sure, okay. <laughs> well, Dan's off on a tangent now. Yep. <laughs> I don't care. One of the most memorable ones in my book, and I think this is from the movie, where... Uh, uh, Frog, what's his name? Says to Miss Piggy, Kermit. Kermit. Kermit says uh, to Miss Piggy, says, "Frankly, my dear Miss Piggy, I don't give a damn." <laughs> I don't know if they I don't even know movie. what they were talking about, but that cracked me up. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what this podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> well, what else are we going to tell the people? Well, we do have to talk about the things that we are supposed to talk about for the podcast. At oh, least we already talked about Rod Steiger. We did, but that's not what we were paying attention to for it the wasn't? podcast. No, it oh. just happened. He just happened to also be in it. Oh, I uh, the things we we're looking at is best sound recording because it won for that. And I was talking about even at the beginning of the film, the sound effects that they were adding in were crisp and just like it's the kind of thing that if you're not paying attention to it, it's gonna go right by because it's just good. And good sound effects are unobtrusive, and you should not notice them unless you're trying yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. When we were trying to. Yeah. You were making comment about the slurping of the straw right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, there's a guy and slurping milk. I was milkshake. noticing as the car pulled out of the the gravel driveway, and and then he ran that route again later in the movie, and the sound of the gravel, the car in the gravel, and the the car, you know, going over the bumps and stuff, and all that stuff was well-timed and, and 
notable from the standpoint of realism. Yeah. But you're right. You wouldn't notice it unless you were looking for it. And we're still at the time when, like, Foley art, the job of Foley artist was probably more for animation and they weren't necessary. It wasn't necessarily a big deal to have sound guys for normal movies. But right. I think it added to this film. I mean, it definitely did. Because you don't want to have all those... Trying to pick up those sounds on a soundstage would have been tinny. Yeah. Uh, this was the only Academy Award that the Samuel Goldwyn studio won. Huh. Uh, it's not a very big deal, and they really didn't do a whole lot. Oh, well. That's... We didn't do a whole lot. Samuel Goldwyn. Oh. Oh, well. Uh, that's he, their claim to fame. He think. himself... Uh, founding contributor and executive of several motion picture studios in Hollywood. As in Metro well, Goldwyn Mayer? Was... Hmm. Goldwyn Pictures, Samuel Goldwyn Productions. Oh, well. Yeah. Is that the original Goldwyn from Metro Goldwyn Mayer? I don't believe so. Can't be. Next generation. Can't, Can't be. be. All right, then. On to the next well, thing. I think that was a Sam Goldwyn. Uh, don't hold me to that. It, well, it, it was Goldwyn Pictures, yes. So he was that guy. He was the same Goldwyn, but then it seems that he was not the one who profited the most out of the merger. Maybe he was a spinoff. Maybe they had a falling out. Yeah. But uh, also in the sound, uh, best sound category uh, is Camelot, The Dirty Dozen, Dr. Doolittle, and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Mm. So Dr. Doolittle is really only the only weird one in the bunch, hmm. as it were. Oh, well. Well, normally when you're thinking of sound, you're thinking of ones where you're inventing sounds, not just yeah. doing a very good job of normal sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, next thing we're looking at is best special effects, and this one would not qualify because there really weren't any. Yeah. Which is disappointing, but it comes randomly on our list. Uh, I think the whole thing was special. Yeah. But if we're talking about visual uh, effects on top of it, uh, the winner this year was Dr. Doolittle. For the talking animals. Well, wait a minute. Talking yeah. animals. Uh, and the other one nominated is Tobruk, which we, is some kind of war movie. Yeah. Tobruk. Tobruk. Thank you. Yep. Some kind of war movie. Uh, the next category, costume design. And we already said a little bit about who's not nominated in that category. Uh, how do we feel about the costumes in this movie? I feel like Whoa. that police officer... Officer Woods should have known right away from Sidney Poitier's nice suit that he was not, not the, from the, the South. Bad dude. That was a good suit. Not gonna lie. He had nice clothes. This is another one where the costumes were perfectly fine for where they were at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was not a call for fantastic costumes. Right. Which meant that, of course, Camelot got best costume design did because it notice, called for silly costumes. Did you notice the shine on Sidney's shoes when he got off the train? Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good de- there was I mean, definitely good was, detail work. He was a polished man. And he, and he, looked, and he looked it. Mm-hmm. You know, the people in the, in the small town looked like they were from a small town, yeah. and it really didn't matter. But I think or in a... small town in the south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think in a year with Camelot and The Taming of the Shrew, there was no way that this film was going to get it for costumes. Right, right. And that's fine. Uh, last one. Best Supporting Actor. Now, interestingly... Sidney Poitier is not on that list because he would have been best actor. Right, right. And there is not someone from this list on best supporting actor. 
Because there really there, wasn't mm-mm. a secondary mm-mm. main actor. There were two main actors. Right. And everyone else was background. Uh, I think that Poitier probably should have been given something for one of his films this year. If this is right. just one of three. Yeah. Right. But, you know, we're looking at uh, George Kennedy for cool in Cool Hand Luke. Uh, two different people from Bonnie and Clyde got nominated. Gene mm-hmm. Hackman was nominated for Best Supporting Actor this year. Mm-hmm. This was another good year of film. Yeah. This film got, what, five? Seven Academy Awards? Mm-hmm. They got a lot. A lot. Uh, seven nominations and five wins. Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Screenplay, Film Editing, and Sound. So overall, this is a very good movie. And assuming that the uh, racially charged language of the 60s that we disappointingly still hear today from time to time doesn't throw you out of the experience, this is a good movie and worth watching. I've been wondering if I could say something relevant and interesting due to my having spent for all of my Air Force experience in the Deep South. All right. Um, I began to witness changes in uh, in the uh, social structures down there. But uh, this thing portrayed, and, and this was 1967. Yes. I had been out of the service for 10 years by that time. And yet some of this stuff was exactly what I was seeing at the time in the 1950s. Uh, the same language, the same attitudes, the same facial expressions, the same gestures, the whole damn works. And... <clears throat> If, if not that much had changed in 10 years, uh, I, I wonder, I, I, I haven't, haven't got my head around this yet. But I, I, in the first place, I made a mistake. I remembered this business from television. Not, I, I did not see this movie. Oh, right. I remember it from television. And I was a little bit mixed up uh, when, uh, when Rod Steiger showed him that. I don't remember him. Hmm. Well, I remember him now in this one and a lot of other things too. But, but uh, this, uh, this thing played... I'm sure a very important pivot point in uh, social relations, racial relations, attitudes, activities, uh, retailing, for sure. You know, I, I'm just overwhelmed, and I I haven't had time to put it together yet. I'm sorry. That's all right. We're getting raw reactions right here at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that was listed kind of in that vein, because there's always a reception section for popular enough movies to have garnered a reception. In contrast to films like The Chase and Hurry Sundown, which offer confused visions of the South, this film offered a tough, edgy vision of the southern town that seemed to hate outsiders more than itself, a theme reflecting the uncertain mood of the time as the civil rights movement attempted to take hold. Uncertain mood. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think Small Town was noteworthy. Yeah. But... It, I mean, it, it seemed like they em- emphasized that without saying it. They emphasized the fact that this is a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah. Kind of thing. I, in a San Francisco pre-screening, the director was concerned when the young audience was laughing at the film as if it were a comedy. However, when the slap happened, everyone shut up, and that's when he knew that the film worked as a drama. Mm-hmm. They might have been laughing because they were uncomfortable also. Maybe, yeah. Well, I think especially if you're not, you haven't been presented with, you know, uh, witnessing the situations and 
and the camera effects put us in the action in several mm -hmm. instances mm -hmm. in this film. And so then I think that that pushed me as a, a viewer to relate and put myself personally inside the film. There were several circumstances where the, the camera movement was very specifically like I personally was walking or driving yeah. or whatever. At a point where a camera like fell into leaves while it was chasing yeah. a guy and yeah. stayed there for a little while. Yeah, there were circumstances like that that really made you feel like you were there. Mm -hmm. It uh, wasn't just a I'm some outside observer kind of yeah. thing. Uh, this was a highly successful film, both awards-wise and money-wise. Uh, budget $2 million, box office 24 yeah. So really good. Yeah. Again, we found this at the library. Uh, we're finding more and more of our movies there. Every once in a while, we'll only find it on Amazon, which is disappointing. Yeah. But you can but probably find this. Your yeah. library is probably open now. So you can go at well, least... Well, don't go all the way in, but you can do <laughs> get better pickups of your films. Mm -hmm. I watch yeah, and, it. and support your public library. Yeah, they need they all need the help us. they can get. Yeah. So, All right, uh, tune in next week where we watch a different movie, but we have to say a thing. <laughs> Daniel almost forgot me. Yeah. We want to thank the Academy for doing its job, and except with regard to Sidney Poitier not getting an Oscar this year, yeah, and thereby pointing us in the direction of quality filmmaking. All right, bye.